Ogumbawale for the win. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard McDowell. Remind you, you can follow us on Twitter at LockdownWBB. Erica Ayala is just killing it. ESPN Plus is Erica Ayala, too, if you follow PHF. But she's doing great work here at Lockdown Women's Basketball. So is Karina Mustafa. Really love being part of this team. Talking about the women's game. Always listen. Make sure you follow, download, Lockdown Women's Basketball. Lockdown Women's Basketball is brought to you by Built Bar. Grandma Myrna's favorite. I've got myself a raspberry waiting downstairs as soon as I finish this podcast. Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. Coconut, cherry barcia. Get it? Cherry barcia. Raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. 17 to 18 grams of protein, only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. Order today at Built.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get 15% off your order. When you do, make sure you tell them. Grandma Myrna sent you. So I just want to talk real briefly about Candace Parker and the Chicago Sky. But my big focus today, (laughs) I'm all in. College basketball is here. I was at Madison Square Garden on Tuesday for Big East Media Day. It was delightful. Seeing friends, colleagues who cover this sport, seeing players and coaches. Well, I'm going to get to go seeing a live look. That's right. Like the great before, I get to watch live basketball in person, talk to people, and write about it. I don't think I took that for granted before, but I definitely am not taking that for granted since or ever again. Real quick on Candace. You know, she's fourth career in WNBA history in defensive lynch shares. So this is obviously a great offensive player, but this is really a great two-way player. Her legacy, an MVP and a Rookie of the Year in 08, championship in 16 and 21 now. That's a long period of time. If we're just talking pro, she was a pretty good college player too, let's not forget. I think that Candace Parker is going to have to be in the discussion for greatest of all time, or whatever acronym you'd come up with for greatest of all time. You look at what she's done, you look at the way she lifted that Sky team to something better than they were during the regular season. Candace is in my conversation. Anyway, we'll have more. That's a conversation we're going on for the next 50 years, and I'm looking forward to all of it. I want to talk about the two young women I got to speak with this week at Big East Media Day. I talked to a lot of people 
like I said. <clears throat> but the first two I want to share with you. Conversations. Brianna Herlihy and Madison Cedrist. And the way they play, that combination makes Villanova and Denise Dillon's team as compelling a potential watch for me this year as any I can think of. Easy driving distance for me. You can be sure I'm going to go check them out. I know, I know. UConn, 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 right? You talked about the Big East. UConn is back. And I'm not a UConn hater. I, I think UConn deserves a lot of attention. They've won 11 national titles. They've been to Final Fours every year dating back to before I had any children in my house, and I've got a daughter in middle school. But let's not lose sight of some really compelling basketball teams in the Big East that extend well beyond that UConn team. It's not either or, right? It's a big picture. It's lifting everyone. we got to cover the whole sport, not just because we should, but because I can't imagine not wanting to, right? And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about Brianna Herlihy and Madison Cedrist. I want to start with Brianna Herlihy for a sec. She shot almost 50% from the field last year. Her three-point shooting was not where she wants it to be, and it's her focus. She's six feet tall, so... In terms of height at the next level, that's a three. But in terms of how her game plays, <clears throat> it plays up. She was at 7.1 rebounds per game last year to go with the 13.8 points. And she plays in a pace and space system along with Madison Seagrist that really speaks well of what she could do at the next level. So she's doing it next to Maddie, who's 6'1", Pride of Poughkeepsie, New York. And Maddie is just unstoppable if you watch her play. You know, she, she averaged last year 22.8 and 9.8, the, the, the latter rebounds. A couple of assists per game. She blocked shots. She grabbed steals. She does everything. Really just unstoppable. And so I, my conversation started with me asking Maddie about a scouting report I got from another coach. He basically said, we throw three players at her and hope we hold her to 20 points. That's what we're talking about as she's entering her junior year. It makes for an interesting team, an interesting watch. I'm very, very eager to see what Villanova is this year. So without further ado, let me turn this over to the conversation I had with Brianna Herlihy, Madison Segrist, Villanova women's basketball. This is Howard McDowell, and you're listening to Locked on Women's Basketball. So I want to start with something that a coach said about Maddie, which is um, we're going to throw everything at her and see if we can hold her to 20 points. 
Yeah. Like each of you in turn, like what what do you think of that when you hear that as a scattering report from an opposing coach? Um, you know, I, I take definitely take that as a compliment. Um, you know, uh, during practice, like just be prepared for everything. Um, our coaches are really great at throwing different like double teams in the post randomly, like stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, that really just helps you like try to become a better passer out of the post if you're able to read the double team and. Uh, you know, everyone on our team, like, really just pushes each other so that no matter what you face in the games, that you're ready for it. Mm-hmm. And do you think that's an accurate uh, characterization? I would. I definitely, I would take that as a challenge. <laughs> um, we definitely do know that, obviously, Maddie had an amazing season last year, so, and everyone saw it. Mm-hmm. So we know that she's obviously going to be the main focus for other teams' defense. So mm-hmm. we definitely try to incorporate that into our practice. Mm-hmm like she said, double teaming and all that stuff, and she has been, you know, taking it well and learning how to play off that. The numbers you put up, though, were significant, number one, but number two, it seems like you're going to get more of an opportunity to have even an expanded role offensively when I was talking to Coach. Can you take me through sort of the ways in which you've worked on your game in the offseason? What's sort of the next evolution for you? Yeah, so um, I've definitely been working a lot on my outside game. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of my points last year came around the basket, so... I've been working on my three-point shooting mostly and trying to incorporate that into my game so I can be a a threat um, out there as well as Mm -hmm. in the post. What what does that look like for you in terms of, like, working on it? You know, are you taking 500 threes in the gym? Are you, you know, trying to have a different mindset about where you are on the court? Like, how does that that work for you? Yeah, I mean, it's a combination of all of them. Definitely going and getting extra shots up um, on off days. Um, making sure that during practice I'm taking those shots mm-hmm. um, when I'm open and making sure that I incorporate that into you know our offense that we're running, whether we're doing you know our motion offense, making sure I am actually out on the three-point line in a position where I can get myself that shot instead of last year. My focus would just be on getting to the basket. I'm curious for both of you just to be able to run the type of offense. I mean, it's very WNBA-style offense, you know, where you have the opportunity to be big, being able to be everywhere on the court. Is that part of what attracts you to come to Villanova in the first place? Obviously, I know there's changeover, but, you know, in, in a lot of ways, that's really been something that's been maintained. Yeah, for sure. The freedom definitely was what was so exciting. Um, you know, you get to run the floor if you have the opportunity to fast break, then you do that. But the motion is just the other team never knows what you're going to do because right. you don't really know. You back, like, slip, step out, and I think that's what's so exciting, and that allows us, like, to get to get open yeah. shots, you know, as the other team will key in on the two of us, you know. Mm-hmm. If they don't know what you're doing, it's hard for them. It's not like a step play where they could just say, like, oh, we're going to double if they get it at the elbow. They don't they don't know what you're doing. Right. So that's what makes it so exciting. What yeah. about when you think about the numbers that you've put up already? Is it I, – I, I'm sorry, but, I mean, they're, you know, they're off the charts. You're, you're putting up 23 and 11 um, as a matter of course. How do you build on that? Is it building in other ways? Is it, you know, when you think through how you want to take the next step, what is that for you? Yeah, well, when I look at my game, I I look at a million different things that I can get better at. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, definitely like the mid-range is something that I focus a lot on this offseason. Just, um, you know, if I can improve the percentages that you do get. So, say you only get X amount of shots. You want to to be efficient when you get them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just efficiency is something, you know, I've, I've definitely been trying to work on. Um, in practice a lot. Mm -hmm. And then just when it comes to thinking about playing basketball at the next level, how much does the freedom that you guys have on the offensive end allow you to build your game in that way, in a a way that, you know, seems to dovetail really well with 
where the name of basketball is going as a whole, especially for, for bigger players. Yeah, I think it's really helpful because a lot of it is decision-making on your own. Hmm. So you kind of read the defense on your own. It's not someone telling you, okay, you're going to move from the corner to the wing. From the wing, you're going to cut. Like, you have to make that decision on your own, and you have right. to read the game of basketball on your own. So I think it really sets people up to be able to, when, if you get to the next level, when you go to the next level, you know, just having a basketball IQ that's higher because you've been doing it for four years or however long you've been playing in college. Oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, like one of the aspects that our co- like, um, Coach Dylan and Harry always stressed were you have to mentally think the game. If you're not mm-hmm. thinking and, you know, there's like the backdoor plays that we do, like little trick plays like that or how you get yourself easy, easy opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, just mentally thinking the game so much and like realizing that if you can get those opportunities, then you don't, maybe if you miss a shot later, or you don't, or you get a turnover, you made up for it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just like the mental aspect of the game, I think you're right. It just puts you in a different um, preparation to preparing for the next level. I'm curious for each of you, the philosophy of being a bigger player, it seems like has very much changed even in the past five or ten years. And I wonder, for you guys growing up, what did you see? Like, when did that change for you? Yeah, so you mean like being uh, a... To be thinking of... Uh, to be the, No, not at all. It's my fault. It, it, to be the kind of big who is thinking the game rather than the kind of big who's running the floor hoping to get fed, you know? I, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that change. Yeah, so I think for... Well, for me definitely when I got here because in high school at least and AU it was, you know, you're, you're a post, you're going to stand on the block and post up. Right. Um, and I mean, throughout, I don't know if it's the same for you, but I mean, when I was younger, I played point guard. I played, so I played all the positions. So it was nice when I got here to experience, um, you know, an, an offense where you're our four, you're our center, but you're going to be standing on the three point line. So if you want to drive, you can, but also if you want to go post up, like, mm-hmm. go ahead. So it gives you uh, really? the opportunity to be able to, again, yeah, yeah, read. Yeah. You know who's guarding you. If you have a bigger, slower player on you, go out to the three-point line, drive by them. If you have smaller player, go in post up. It gives you the opportunity to think the game for yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, same thing, like build your IQ throughout the years. Sure, sure. And and Maddie, for you, um, I think for me, like I was always on the thinner side, so I really mm-hmm. wasn't able to like like pound inside a ton um, right. growing up. Right. Uh, so I think I had to like I was I was always tall but uh, a mm-hmm. little quicker than like the bigger slower kids so just trying to if I could take them out to the short corner to drive around them mm-hmm. and then uh, you know as you got to college it, it extended to the three point line um, I really didn't didn't shoot threes at all until I got to college and I think um, just seeing the inside out and you know the Big East has always had strong inside out players who were who were forwards and just seeing that and seeing. How, how to be successful in the league. So it sounds almost like a Bella Allery type of pathway in that way, you know, where she was, I think she was 6'3 when she was in high school, but was not banging. I mean, they had her playing the two effectively when she was in school. It, it's, does that help you when you think about the league, when you think about that next level? Like, do you try to pattern your game after? I'm, for, for each of you, I'm wondering, like, do those patterns help you to be able to see this is what she was here and this is what she is now and I can get to that point? Yeah, definitely. I think seeing, like, like a player like that, a player like Brianna Stewart, people who've had success, um, I mean, Brianna Stewart's very tall, and obviously she can bang inside, but just seeing, like, you know, that inside out that you could be, like, a taller, like, 3-4 and have success at that next level, mm-hmm. is, you know, it's really exciting. It's almost the, the 
opposite of you know, say to a 3-4 who has range now is almost by necessity in the same way that you see, like, even you look at the reserve fives that were playing in the, you know, in the playoffs and, you know, people are coming off the bench. You know, Steph Dolson needed to have that range in order to be able to play for a championship team. You know, um, was that this, the, seeing that and understanding that, was that a change for you that helped you picture where you wanted your game to go? Yeah, I think it definitely helps, especially when, you know, especially like Steph Dolson, a larger player, um, usually a post player, you know, coming out, extending her range is like something that we do a lot at Villanova, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, having bigger players out in three-point line, having five-out offense, even though we have, you know, someone who's Mm 6'4". So I think it um, definitely helps, like, picture, you know, seeing that as like, oh, okay, we already do that we could, you know, implement that at the next level as well. To be in a league with UConn means UConn gets a lot of the attention. Um, If you'll take a point of personal privilege, you got dramatically less attention, in my opinion, than you have deserved over your career so far. However, it does bring more of a focus to presumably the league as a whole. I'm wondering how you guys view it. Do you, you know, do you view it as a double-edged sword? Do you view it as something positive? You know, what, where are you guys on it? Um, I think just use it as fuel to the fire. It's definitely exciting to have a team of that caliber, mm-hmm. and they haven't been successful for so long. With that said, um, you know, I feel like people are always one or the other. They either hate UConn or they love them. Um, you know, and I, yeah. I don't want to say it's a double-edged sword, but I think mm-hmm. that's a good word. It, it's very exciting to have them, and you know, they have to compete against everyone's best every night because mm-hmm. everyone wants to take them down. And right. if they do lose, people think the world the world's going to end. Like, I remember they lost the one game to Arkansas. It was a great team. And everyone was like, well, I can't believe they lost. Why they lost? They were great. The, other, really team, team. the other team yeah. outplayed them. And the other girl had, like, 35. Chelsea so Dungy. Yeah, yeah, so that's why they lost. And, you know, it is, it's definitely exciting. You just try to use it, you know, just put your head down and just keep working. I mean, yeah, she was a first-round draft pick, so yeah. it wasn't it wasn't some fluke. Oh, you know? no, exactly. She's, yeah. she's an unbelievable player, yeah, and she's had success. So. No, yeah. without without a doubt. And and so then, for you guys personally, just to have a year where you can focus on succeeding as basketball players and not just thinking constantly about COVID and simply staying on the court. What does it mean to each of you? And has there been like a moment that's felt the most exciting to be normal this fall? Um, yeah, I think that it's, you know, it takes a whole ball of stress away. You know, that was something that's always lurking in the back of your mind. Like, I mean, there was one game we were going to go play Providence, and we, like, the, right before we got on the bus, it was like, oh, game canceled. Right. So, you know, that's always, like, lurking in the back of your mind. So just mm-hmm. having, being free of that stress is definitely um, helped us, you know, lock in on what we're doing that day in practice, what we're doing that day at shoot-around, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the biggest thing that we saw this fall that has was like a wow factor was, you know, having the summer was huge. Sure. So just in the fall being able to come in and already having our freshmen, you know, have experience in the summer and we can start off playing five on five and you know they already know the offense they already know the defense you know that was a moment where we're like okay now we have you know all the parts let's build on them sure yeah and and maddie for you yeah i mean it's definitely like a weight lifts off your shoulders because you have to worry about every little thing you did if you went and picked up food you're like oh no like did i wash my hands enough like just little things that you don't even think of until then and you're in that 
you know, because no one wants to be the reason your team gets shut down. Like, sure. And not that it's like a blame thing at all, but it's just like you didn't. No one would want that. Like, of course. And um, I think this year, like, I'm so excited. Like, I love when my parents are at the game, and I think everyone on our team, like, all our parents are great. Like, they love to come, and like, they were able to come to a few last year, but like, you could see them from afar. Like, I'm excited to like, you know, be able to get food after the game. Like, talk to your parents, like, about the game. And I think like, you know, Villanova is like such a family and a community that like having fans back and having people back like our all our teachers come to the games like it's so exciting and I think like that return to normalcy will be will be really fun. Well I appreciate both of your time.